So you're thinking about starting a new website. Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Maybe you want to start that new podcast. GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Each new.com comes with a free instant page website and built-in photo album. So what are you waiting for? Get your website started today. Go to GoDaddy.com. Enter code CREN at checkout or click the GoDaddy banner on our website, JimCren.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We are worldwide, we are nationwide on the Sideshow Network. The boys are in studio, they're at Talent Networking. Terry Jones, John Evans, Mike Wysocki. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Cren. It's Jim Cren No Restrictions on the Sideshow Network, brought to you by the Sideshow Network, Star Chevrolet and Star Nissan in Greensburg. Mike Wysocki can't be with us today. He's doing some stand-up on the road, so he'll be joining us next show. Always miss Mike. We love him. John Evans, Terry Jones, myself, we are here. Uh, we're the three Musketeers without our fourth today, guys. <laughs> and Josh Folio, who's our producer. We have Corey Gale, our sound engineer, Frank Mergia, also social, head of social media, Dave Settlemyer, our executive producer, Wayne Wow, assistant uh, engineer. And we are live from the Talent Network Studios in Pittsburgh, and I got to tell you, a nice another nice day in the Berg. A little worried about our Steelers, and I, you know, it's religion. I know this our podcast is coast to coast. I have respect for you know whatever team you root for, but in Pittsburgh, it's a religion. The Steelers, that's the way it is. Now, John, you know, originally your uh, your team is what San Francisco 49ers, 49ers yeah. right? But you know, when you move to Pittsburgh, what it's like here for us. It's yeah, it's, it's basically it's, it's a woman in August is. at Giant Eagle in the frozen food <laughs> section wearing a Palomalo jersey. Now you're talking, yeah. yes, exactly, and that's my grandma, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, we we love her out there. We love our Steelers. Yes, we do. We love Pittsburgh. And, and when we're not we're worried, you know, we we're just we're worried. I, I mean, we, we they win all the time. We're spoiled. We're very spoiled. Uh, we're not used to different uh, changes. Uh, right. We win. I mean, yeah, we, we've had an older team that, that was just so uh, such a well-oiled machine the last uh, few years of, you know, going to championships, winning championships, and even getting to the Super Bowl. Oh. Covering Super Bowls, man, a whole deal, and all of us partying, and yeah, it, it, like as long as we have Ben and Brett and all those guys, they're all tremendous players. They I think are. we'll be okay. I feel we'll be okay. Uh, but but the, you, just, you just worry when when you you know. Yeah, we have a lot of newer people. <laughs> In my opinion, is the offense is going to need some changes. Uh, we got to see how they ha- work it. Huh? I mean, yeah, th- this is my thing with football. When it comes to football, I'm a big believer. When it comes to offense that you have to use the run to set up the pass. Well, and we need a, we, we need, need Le'Veon Bell or Le'Veon We need Bell. Mr. Bell to, you know, to get better and come in and do his thing. But I feel like there's a lot of times where it just looks like uh the way we're set up and I also think that we 
need a fullback again. That's my opinion because you can see the difference without having a fullback and just running single back and trying to do the schemes they're doing. It's not working. So when you do get down a third down, uh, you automatically know if you're third and 12, you're not going to run the goddamn win, ball. You know, that's going to throw win, it. That's going to win you an argument every time I'm using that, that yeah. line. What? The, what? Uh, if you say you need a fullback, no one could argue with that. Oh, no. Nobody can. I'm using that. Yeah. And you could you could definitely say that. I mean, you that's look at the difference stop. when uh, Kreider <laughs> was our fullback. And even with Willie Parker running in the background with Kreider and uh, Bettis, you see a huge difference. And it set up very, uh, it set up a lot of good pass plays. I remember Myron Cope going nuts when we stopped fullbacking. He was oh. a fullback. And, and he was he, going nuts. Rest in peace to him. Yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, you can't not have a fullback. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't. It's, it's really, especially because we've always had a fullback here. We're just not one of those teams that, that are able to do uh, what like uh, the Eagles could do or anyone else. We need nine backs back there. We need, we need <laughs> nine, nine backs to block. We need, more, we need more backs. I think the Steelers man. need I'm a ready. time machine to get back to a time before <laughs> Marcus Pouncey blew his knee out. Oh, my oh, yes. God. Uh, because yes. that is going to be a bigger problem than anything we've talked about. And looking for Le'Veon Bell having your savior be a rookie running back who's never carried a ball professionally that's he, a he bit gets, of a stretch i know he keeps getting hurt in the shower that's a bit of <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch a and uh you know i don't know i mean i don't but the steelers have had a history of starting off poorly and making the playoffs uh, yeah. one of chuck oh, yeah. Knowles Many last times. years he had the first two games of the season uh, they lost by a combined score of like 60 to 5 i remember that and, Johnny. Uh, they wanted to fire uh, Chuck Nolan, they ended up making the playoffs. 96, uh, Greg Lloyd got injured, and they lost to Jacksonville uh, opening day, and people thought the sky was falling, yeah. and they still yep. make the playoffs. So it's uh, one game does not I, a season make. I, and, I, I remember what you're saying, the, that that lopsided uh, error, that beginning of the season uh, with Noel. It was crazy. Exactly. They he made him fire a bunch out. of coaches and stuff, and he almost quit. And, and they came back and made the playoffs. So you're right. You can't count them out. Can't well, count you them got out. Ben back there, man. You can't count them out. Yeah, you can't. So count anything them out. can happen. Hey, I just want to say, uh, I changing gears there. Uh, uh, I uh, found out that the Jimmy Kimmel video was fake. You know, or the, or, I knew I'm that sorry, was the fake the second I saw it, but I I really didn't publicly say that this because it's not I thought really it was too now for people who don't know what we're talking about there's a video that's been viral the past 10 days or so this girl is twerking she catches on fire it was revealed last night jimmy kimmel said he set it up he had the girl interviewed and talked about how he put the video out with no promo or anything and it was all fake but johnny you, you, I, I kind of, John. I got to tell you, yeah, you I was know. suspect also on it. Well, when I, saw, you know, when I the, the telltale signs are the candles on the table, right, and yeah. doing it on the door where, hey, someone could walk in at just the wrong moment. Come on, that's too. I, I, I've watched enough internet videos to smell out a fraud. What do you uh, think? Did you think it was real from um, the beginning? I knew it was fake, but I mean, did you? I knew, I could tell it was fake because I was the reaction of her on fire just didn't sell to me. Uh, and was the, the fire CGI or how did they do that? I, they didn't reveal. They, they said did. she's a stunt woman. Okay, it, it oh, like, that makes it sense. Look, it looked like it could have possibly been CGI. I was looking really close to see if it was because I was like, "There's no way this is real." I mean, I've seen some uh, epic fails where like people. There was the big girl that was on the table once singing. I don't know right. if you saw that one and the table flipped and she like landed on her back <laughs> in the middle of the table like it like cut her in half kind of thing. But it was real. I mean, it does happen. But I, but, I thought but you know real. what though, guys? Did you see? Did you happen to watch Kimmel last yeah, night? Because they, they did put, you see? They put the video on uh, YouTube of Kimmel 
you know, talking about how. Did you see all the news outlets though that reported it as, uh, you know, twerking can be dangerous? Like they were believe they were yeah reporting it as a journalistic story. Like you know, this can happen. Well, what's well, I think what kind of funny. I don't think a swept your sweatpants aren't going to catch fire by just getting them on i mean immediately aren't going to catch on isn't fire. it crazy though that the, the news outlets are just reporting it is true i mean they, they're these are this is who we turn to for the news in other words and you know twerking can be dangerous and it's a fucking fake right video from kimmel well they did a whole thing about how twerking could be dangerous to your health and they're asking doctors is there can you hurt yourself twerking and this is all because of fucking miley cyrus man i mean i love miley but She's fucking up the twerk game, man. She's messing the twerk She's game. messing up the twerk game. I need my twerk Tuesdays to continue uh, to happen. Okay, everybody knows what I'm talking about here. You all go to the tween, t- the Team Twerk YouTube channel. Have you been to Team Twerk YouTube channel? Uh, I, I believe I've seen some See, of everyone yeah. has seen Team Twerk. That's what I'm saying. Have you, have you been? To I haven't te- seen. No. Oh, I, no, you're the show. Hedy, forgive me. But I'm going to show <laughs> you the Team Twerk videos. It, it sounds like something Chris Hansen would walk in on, you know, oh, man. with the cookies and lemonade. Yeah, her mom was their manager. Just a seat over here, teen twerker. And her mom was her manager and was like, "You are going to twerk something, and we're going to make That's millions." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're fucking up the twerk game, and the news has to chill out with this, man, because there is no health issues to twerking. It's good exercise so, and cardio. So, uh, uh, the other news story that made me laugh: Dennis Rodman writing a book with Kim Jong Un. He's getting, he's, he's hanging with him again in North Korea's. Dictator Kim Jong Un, he is like his best friend. Saying what a great guy he is. Apparently, he hasn't read Escape from Camp Fourteen. No, (laughs) and all the other atrocities that this guy's caused. He's his buddy. He's he's writing a book with him. Are you kidding me? They're partnering in a book. (sighs) Children's book or (laughs) just well, the book is. This is what Rodman said. He said Kim Jong Un is a good guy. They want to write a book. They can clear up misconceptions. So there you go. He, he wants to make it, make everything right, I guess, for him, right? He just wants they're, attention. They're writing it together, uh, but from different perspectives, whatever that means. And it'll be like in a diary form or something, which will be like, I guess, uh, you know, I gave Kim Jong-un a Labrador retriever today to show him friendship, and Kim Jong-un writing... Oh, Dennis brought me lunch today. Very nice. <laughs> Lab mac and cheese was very good today. So. I, yeah, something like that. So I, they're going back and forth, but they're together. I it's the weirdest relationship I've ever known. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's uh, a substance abuser. Let's look at it closely. Yeah. I mean, this guy's <laughs> out of his mind. He was one of Dr. Drew's guys on Celebrity Rehab that uh, you know hasn't OD'd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. You know? uh, so I'm, I'm waiting for that shoe to drop because he's about as stable as uh, you know. I mean, he's 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 very seems to me to be a very uh, unstable guy. Everybody got a decent side, but my God, Kim Jong Un is the mo- one of the most evil people on the planet. He's tor- they're torturing people. They they have a they have a law where three generations of families go to prison for just. Dis- disrespecting him i don't get it i get it right in a way rodman's getting some attention and who thought fawning all over this rebounding would be would get someone famous (laughs) but am i that yeah but am i that a lot of good rebounders in the league but but not with colored hair like that not like that are we that fucking stupid though to to believe hey man he's a good guy misunderstood no he's not misunderstood he's an asshole 
He just wants to have the attention that he used to. I mean, this is a guy who dressed up in a fucking wedding dress. And look, that's his whole, true. That's That'll it. do it. And plus, there's the you know his whole life has gone downhill since uh, you know he was banging Carmen Electra. I mean, you when yeah. you peak that young in right. life, I mean that's it's all downhill. That isn't is it? downhill. Yeah. You got to do some attention grabby things mm-hmm. to to stay in the mainstream media. Yeah, he even I, I played guess. in that movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. Wow, that that you remember that double what was it double double team? That was more when he was a star though, right? Was he in that? Was he yeah, more of he a, was star a star at the time he was, he was playing? All like weird with like other people that were like semi gay characters in the movie, and they had like tight leather in Switzerland or something. This guy That's was weird. pulling down fifteen million a year, eight million from the NBA and the other from endorsements and movies. And he's broke at this point, hanging with Kim Jong Un, writing books. That's but. why he's. That's why he's doing it, Kim Jong Un for the free probably. meals. Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, hey, I come over here. Yo, I'll give you some noodles and ten bucks if you hit write I, this. Book I know I've me. said this before, but I, I really think Kim Jong Un thinks he's Michael Jordan. Has no idea. Well, there it goes home every night. Go, Michael Jordan said he wrote a book with me. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well hey. Uh, College is starting back up again. High school, college, all the kids are going back in schools. Driving through Oakland made me think of the college days, and, and that is the fun. It was the funnest time in college, man. College days were the greatest. You know, I loved it. If by college you mean uh, community college, <laughs> I totally, I totally know what you're talking about, Jim. I was a community college graduate. Were you really? Yeah, I went to community. I went to IUP. Did you take radio there. I did not. I took. I actually have a bachelor of science in business. Believe it or not. Wow. I know. Which is the, uh, may. Uh, would you? I'm the worst businessman in the well world. Done. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. You're. But, <laughs> but uh, Dennis Rodman is. Dennis Rodman is the worst. Yeah. I went. And I went. I went to community and then went to IUP. Community is a great way to go. It yeah, is. It is. Because you can figure out what you want to do. Before you, you know, college is so expensive. Yeah, or realize that you just hate school so badly you'd rather sell well, shoes. Well, you may have a t- <laughs> or find you find your talent. It could be anything. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be college. But, yeah, it, you it know, doesn't. not everyone has to go to college. It's, oh yeah, well, I, that's Bill Gates. I said fuck college after a while. I, I did go, and I was just like, oh, I can't. This ain't for me, man. I, I could only tell jokes in life. That was I, it. I, yeah, I, I agree. It's not for everyone. In, in you know, we learn. I, I actually learned more after college. College was more. To me, anyway, I mean, I guess if you're not, if you're studying to be a doctor or something, sure, it's a lot different. But I was, you know, goof studying, you know, studying business, but it was more social for me. I learned more socially yeah, than academically. I learned more academically after college, although I had great professors. I really did. At IUP, they have some great professors. And, My sister and community actually did IUP. too. Really? Well, she teaches at uh, CCAC here and she does teach classes up there. She got her criminology. There you go. Her doctorate. Well, she got her bachelor's at IUP. Okay. And she um, got her doctorate at IUP in criminology. I see. That's what I mean. I had, I had good, great professors at IUP. And I got to yeah. tell you, I had some great professors actually at community college. Because they, they she teaches at IUP. Yeah. Oh, and they have and professors. she teaches from, at CCAC is her main thing. Right. She does teach up uh, IUP. So, so, I, I, I always think of the characters in a social life that I had. I, I, I can't. <laughs> uh, really, the characters that I carry with me, and I do characters they're influence characters. Like, for instance, Ralph the Cat. For years, I've done Ralph the Cat. My cat is yeah. on catnip, and, you know, you know, real, was real paranoid, man. And, and people wonder where he was based from. He was based from a buddy of mine in college, my roommate. One of my roommates. You know, spent three year, three and a half years, actually, at IUP. And uh, two and a half at community college. Yeah, figure that the one guy, out. 
So the, the, everybody has the years friend that's get, got the skull bong with the rat crawling out the eye. That guy. That guy. Bullwinkle <laughs> yeah. was my roommate, he, and he was the influence of of Ralph. I won't give his real name. I'm sure. I don't think he wanted it out. But but Bullwinkle was my burnout friend, and he was a great guy. We, we loved him. He was the kind of guy. I don't know if I ever did. I ever tell you anything about Bullwinkle on this show? I don't, I don't think, think so. I have. Not no. on the show. Not on our show. Off no. the show. Off the show. Yeah. I don't want to share this with everyone. And Bullwinkle was the guy who. One time, my buddy uh, Phil and my buddy Rod and I found heard noises in the in the bathroom, splashing. We got in. He was in the tub with a snorkel and mask, and we're like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Dude, you wake me. I want to see if I could sleep underwater." <laughs> oh my god! That kind of burnout. Yeah. <laughs> we we I took this is a true story. We took we took probability and statistics. Okay, for the second time, I already failed it. He failed it. I, I don't even know what his major was. I have no idea what his major was. But I know he, he had to take prop stats again, okay? And we took it in the summer. And it was a six-week course. And I remember Bullwinkle is going to study with me because he says, dude, we got to pass this, man. I'm like, okay, we'll study together. So we study, and we're really working at this thing. We get to, like, the midterm, okay? Yeah. The professor was tough as nails, ex-Marine, really. But he was a doctor and... You know, in math or whatever, crew cut, picture that, picture that every full metal jacket sergeant or something, <laughs> you know, one of those guys, he, that's what he looked like to me. Nice guy, but really strict. And we, Bullwinkle and I study really hard for this thing for hours and upon hours and days upon days and bongs upon bongs. So, <laughs> so we, we, we take it. Now, I'll never forget. Now, this is a midterm. Yeah. We had to be 15 minutes in. And Bullwinkle's done. And I'm like, this is two hours do we have. And he gets up. He's here me looking. He goes, aced it, dude. Aced it. And he hands this, uh, this blue book thing in his book. And he goes, I meet him uptown at Wolfendale's. I'm like, what happened? He goes, dude, that was so easy, man. <laughs> Thank God we studied together, dude. And I'm thinking, fuck, man. I don't know how. How could I have what did I do? Because that took me two hours, and I didn't think I was really unsure, man. I was worried, and so a week goes by. Okay, we're, we got a couple classes, and the next week we get the blue books back. Okay, and I, I looked, and I got a sixty out of a hundred. You know, sixty just oh, may, barely it. made a D. Yeah, uh, studying paid off for me. I, I just had to pass this thing, right? Yeah. I look over, and Bullwinkle's head is <laughs> down on the desk, man. <laughs> he is shot down, and I look over, and I'm going, "Boy, what happened?" He goes, "He goes, dude." I can't believe it, man. I go, what'd you get? He goes, 13. <laughs> <laughs> Out of 100. <laughs> so. He, he looked, How's that fucking possible? I know. I don't know. But he looked at me. Sarah, I swear to God. He looked at me. He goes, he goes I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> Yo, how is that possible? And I'm, like, I'm, I'm, go like, talk I'm like, oh, God. I'm thinking. <laughs> it has to be a mistake. Talk to him. Yeah. So he goes up and I'm still kind of standing hovering listening because i had to hear this whole thing yeah. and the, the professor's there he goes he goes excuse me yes he goes, he goes i studied for for like hours man <laughs> <laughs> with jim and i'm like don't bring me into this right and he and he look and he says the, the, the exam he goes because dude he swear to god he said he gave me a 13 he goes at least you could have did his curve. <laughs> <laughs> right hand, the Lord of God. Right hand, the Lord of God. Oh, man. 
the professor said, I did. You got an eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good. He that curved him up. <laughs> he man. did. He got an eight. I was uh, a. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> True story. So you studied business? Business, yes. A bachelor of science in business, marketing specific. That's where I was a uh, art yeah, major funny. when I first started. Because you know I did art at the time. I, I oh yeah, you're a very drawings, talented so, artist. Yeah, Terry's. Uh, yeah, you can draw, paint, the whole thing. I yeah, I used to be big into that. And then uh, when I moved back to go to Duquesne University, I ended up going uh, studying philosophy. Interesting. Yeah. So it was just interesting. Uh, real weird. We had some uh, characters, man. Uh, now philosophy, you would have the most eccentric characters, right? I mean, that would be an interesting. We had some interesting uh, professors. Uh, there's some nice people up there, man. Uh, it was it's a good school. I, I think it is. Like you said, it's more of a thing where you uh, learn how to deal with life uh, socially and and uh, trying to budget, even though it kills your fucking credit you, when you first you, Yes, it's, it's very expensive. <laughs> your, your credit gets raped, no Vaseline. You learn whatever. to deal with life. It's, it's a great way to put it there. It's true, and, and, and you learn how to learn in a weird way. Indeed, and you learn how to party. And you learn how to party. You learn how to fucking party. That's what IUP is. I usually party. That's why I went That's there. Not, yeah, I, when I was a community <laughs> recruiting things, I'm not kidding. I found out it was three girls to every guy. And I'm talking to my parents going, you yeah, know, this is really great school <laughs> academically. So it was going to be great for me. The, oh, the parties were epic. And I used to go uh, to Slippery Rock all the time, hang out with my friends and party up there. They had some epic oh, ass events. Now, where did you go to community college? Where, where? Uh, that would have been Tulsa, Oklahoma. But what was I that start, like? Uh, grim, uh, <laughs> in a word. It's just uh, I, I, you know, I, I graduated high school in Oklahoma. I don't have any uh, allegiance to the state other than that. But we started our partying like when I was fourteen. It was pretty aggressive. I, I lived in Northern California before we moved to right. Oklahoma, so our partying started. I mean, we used to we used to skip school. Get on a BART rapid transit bus, uh, and go to Berkeley, California, and and you know uh, buy used records and come back home uh, before our parents knew that we were even in another. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's pretty wild. Man. And you know, bring the weed, get a couple slices <laughs> of Blondie's Pizza, which is a gigantic pizza there, and uh, yeah, we I got suspended a lot. What I if was, this is not too bad? I, the way you started out, that you know, the whole Tulsa, I, I, I was picturing an episode of Intervention or something. No, no, it's not no, that bad. No. Some weed and pizza. But, well, hey. but I mean, that was that steadily happened for a few years. So uh, <laughs> I did my my grade point average my freshman year of high school. This is true. I had yeah. a .67 grade point average Ooh, at wow. the halfway point. .67. <laughs> that might be the that's Bowen. good stuff. I I well one. I, I, it is a party school, IUP, okay? Yeah. And a lot of people a lot of, that are in school right now in college, you'll, you'll have to learn. I had to learn when I went after partying to, to get it together. So what happened was I ended up with like a one nine 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 whatever it was, GPA. You had to have a two o to get into the next semester, right? Yeah. So I fucked up. So I had to have one course where I had to get an A, a guarantee. I took puppet making. Oh, Yeah. So find your if you're in college right now, find your puppet making class now. It's your go to class. I'm not kidding. A professor he actually to me sounded like Mr. Rogers. He did a little <laughs> bit. It was for elementary ed. I remember going in there. It was a summer class too. Me and my buddy Rod took it. And I remember walking in his name and he walks in and I go, uh, what do you need for this class? And he goes, You'll need scissors and glue. 
I'm like, I'm <laughs> Rod and I are like, we're in. Uh, we're that's funny. You should have paid attention, Jim. You could uh, you could have been the next uh, that that Elmo guy without the <laughs> allegations. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, that dude said black people back. <laughs> it's, it's this six foot twelve black dude doing the voice of Elmo, and well, you know what though? It's it's you, you college work. That's the whole. That's the thing, right? And like I said, not everyone needs college. At the, you know, that's the way it goes. It, whatever your talent is, your talent follow is. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. If it all starts somewhere, and the reason I want to bring it up is, what's your first job? Oh, what is it? I was in the. It was in my. I was in my neighborhood where I grew up, and that's where my first job was. I was thinking about because uh, it's closed. The restaurant I worked. <laughs> I worked in an American restaurant. It was called. It was a shot and beer place in the Strip District, and I was a janitor. That was my very first job. I was like seventeen years old, man, and cleaning urinals and mopping and the, the, you know, I, just a janitor kind of gig. The but irony is was that first? was my first real job. That was your first job. I was too? a janitor, but See, not. We all at, start. I worked at um, Little Shoes. Where my dad is. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, legendary uh, yeah, place. Legendary uh, shoe store here in Pittsburgh. And uh, I did, like, all the maintenance and stocking and cleaning. That was your first uh, gig. And, yeah, in the shoe store. And there were some fucking characters in the basement because there's <laughs> two people. What happens is uh, whenever you go to certain businesses, there are people that they keep locked away in the back for a reason. <laughs> so they can work. They're good right, workers, yeah, right, but, they're but they you don't want them interacting <laughs> with any of the customers, <laughs> any of the people. So, uh, you know, there were two characters. Uh, my buddy Dan, uh, okay. who is awesome. He loves knives. He actually got me this real cool knife, and he collects toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Houck, who told me awesome uh, stories of the '70s and drugs and just some cool ass stories. <laughs> so that's why they keep him in the back. And uh, then there was Larry, who was this awesome, funny, short guy who uh did stock work and he was he came with the store pretty much like my dad he was like there for years and he always told me like stories (laughs) of like how uh there was a chick and on his street that was like way younger she's like close to my age and larry's probably in like his uh 40s like mid 40s (laughs) and he was he called her the blonde bomber and he would always just go, hey, Tear, I love the blonde bomber. I, I just have to get get her. <laughs> and so she would see him and freak out and, like, run. He'd, he, like, wave at her and she'd freak out. <laughs> and I felt bad for Larry because Larry had the worst luck ever. He was, like, this awesome guy. Yeah. Um, buddy of mine. I got to call him. And um, he would always – he was just so clumsy. He would always get hurt. Like, I'm talking this is the most frail, small guy did you could think of and he has kind of like a box has the mustache kind of looks like a former member of Holland Oates kind of <laughs> you know you know what uh-huh. I mean like he had a mullet back in the day he was one of those guys <laughs> he was Daryl Hall yeah, yeah and I was like yo did you listen to Holland Oates he's like I hate those pussies oh, like, that, was, that was his thing he's like I like fucking rock but huge Lemieux fan if you say Wayne Gretzky around that's, him he oh, snaps really? that's, but that's he because. had the funniest <laughs> fucking stories and I remember him telling me like uh, I came in one day I was mopping the floor downstairs, and I go, uh, Larry, what happened, man? He goes, oh, tear. I was moving a refrigerator down the steps, and I fell. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how did you just fall? He's like, the fridge went one way, I went the other. I was like, well, at least it didn't land on you this time. Then there was a time where uh, he was standing in front of a garage door. This is how bad his luck was. He's standing in front of a garage door, opened the garage, and he said, tear. I heard cling, cling, boom, pow. I looked up and I said, "Uh oh, 
and the garage door hit me and knocked me out and gave me a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has the worst luck. Then one of my favorite um, stories for- that he told me, because he always goes to Tampa for vacation. Okay. Can we get this guy on the show? Yes, yeah. I'm going to call Larry. Him him. Yeah, we have to. I'm going to meet this him. This guy's uh, like a, a uh, bad luck child. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> love that. I love that. <laughs> I have to get Larry like on here. Uh, Larry, Larry and, you're welcome on the show. Uh, Dan was another character, too, but... Uh, he was just telling me like stories of you know tripping out and stuff. That was the cool thing about working that first job because just meeting them. And uh, but there was a story Larry or uh, Larry told me about a Penguins game. He came down to the Penguins game to get tickets, and yeah. uh, him and his buddy had these. Uh, they already had tickets, but they were trying to get better seats. You know how people do. Right. Hey, I'll right. sell these and then just get some other ones. And uh, he said, now, everyone, uh, if you're not from Pittsburgh, where the Penguins used to play is right near the Hill District, which is one of the most hood spots in Pittsburgh. (laughs) So it's like right up the street from, uh, you know, or right up the street from where the Penguins used to play at the Civic Arena. Even right now, still at the council, it's still near the Hill. But the Hill's not as crazy as it was. He said that there was a guy there, a black dude, just sitting there. He was like, yo, y'all need tickets? Y'all need the tickets to the Penguins? <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, we need tickets uh, to the Penguins. He goes, oh, all right, look, give me your tickets. I'll go around the corner to my boy, get these other tickets for you, yo, and we'll make this happen. I'll trade you for these ones, you know, these better seats. He goes, all right, uh, but I'm going to need a wallet or something. You're going to have to give me something so I know you're coming back. He this goes, is Larry. Larry says that to him, and his boy sitting next to him, he goes, oh, all right, yeah, here. Let me get them tickets. Here goes my wallet. Wait, so he's he Larry the wallet. All right. Yeah. Okay. So Larry waits, and this dude, yeah. like, hops a random fence or something. And he's like, <laughs> I just saw him hop a fence. And I went, I don't know where he's going. So they wait for about 15 minutes. Like, okay. that guy gave Larry yeah. his wallet. Yeah. They wait for 15 That's minutes, awesome. and he looks at the wallet and opens yeah. it, and there's an ID of a white dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, Oh, we've been tricked. So they go around the corner. He said he goes around the corner, but it's in his real hood-ass bar. And he said he walked in. We've been tricked. Yeah. (laughs) He said he walked in. And because they were the only white people to walk into this hood bar, everything stopped the music, the noise (laughs) of the glasses. Everyone just looked at him. And he said he saw a dude in the way back sitting in, like, a booth like he was the king of the bar. And he goes, (laughs) oh, y'all still want them tickets? Come back here, yo. Come get your tickets. Are you shitting me? Oh, no. And then Larry and him just walked away. He said, fuck you. I told you we should have gave him those tickets. (laughs) Like, he's snapping on his boy. Now they can't even get into the game. They got to go to a bar and get drunk. Oh, that's uh, but yeah, I yeah, that, wow, my first man. job had that was that you were hanging with Larry. Uh, I was hanging with t- Larry and Dan, and Dan had like funny stories. <laughs> he, he had a funny story about his buddy. They um, they they were on shrooms. Uh, That'll always be funny. Yeah, because back in the day, that's that was the thing. I think he said they were tripping out on shrooms, and he was driving. And his buddy got out of the car. There was, like, someone next to him that just beeped to him to let him know, like, his shirt was stuck in between, like, the door or something. (laughs) And he said he looked over to the left and he looked to the right. And his boy was on the other side, like, beating this dude's ass through the car. And he's like, what the hell? Then there was another time where somebody was uh, tripping out on acid and they were standing on the roof of a garage. And he said, hey, do you see that right there? He said, don't stand up. He said, do you see that? Uh, And fell off the roof. (laughs) So, yeah. Those guys. So that's Mopping interesting. Floors and that, stocking that, what, what was your first? Job? I well, I when I was in high school, I worked in a card store, but the uh, baseball card store, 
And nice. uh, but my first cool. real job yeah. out of the house was yeah. um, was this place called Stan Sports Center, and it was a uh, used to be it was a sporting goods store, mom and pop. Okay. Used to be George Frazier Sports Center, who was a pitcher for the Yankees. He married into the family, but they changed it the name of it to give it to Stan, who was like the black sheep of the family. He was this uh, really tall blonde guy that I, I'm pretty sure uh, you know was on several illicit substances <laughs> and may or may not have ran a gambling operation in the okay, back. Okay, may or may not have. Okay, so he uh, hired these old guys who were like the. Um, the salespeople and uh they were i guess friends of the family or whatever but it was very much like terry i mean these guys were absolute characters the um the the main guy's name was al he was like a he's like an 80 year old jewish man and he would walk around and he would call you different names he'd walk up to you and be like hey you're a good worker melvin yeah <laughs> keep working iodine yeah you're good and then, and then he'd walk away and go down the trail we go as he like, and he could outsell you he could outsell anyone he was just the, the the funniest old man but he he would have like women come in that looked like you know maybe prostitutes and he would give them money <laughs> and oh, uh they'd kiss him on the cheek and stuff yeah. and he was just this really funny old man and the other guy uh larry another larry who uh was really did nothing but the register uh, but he would play hardball when people would return shoes they would say you can give me my money back and he goes well, I don't believe that's going to transpire, bud. Oh, I love the way you talk. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you had my favorite, yeah, Bill Taylor. Was the uh, God bless him? This guy was um, he was in charge of the team uniform business. We did little league uniforms, and okay. and he was like one of those guys that would always try to top your story. Like if you said, uh, oh, yeah, I like I, I would, I would on purpose. Try to, to to get a story out of my Jay Bill. Whew, it's really windy outside, and he goes, "Ah, bullshit." Okay, <laughs> I was on the island of Guam, son. Guam. It was 130 knots. Yeah. Okay, that's a nautical term, son. That's you think not- that's windy? <laughs> And then, uh, like, one time he did, he was supposed to do an adult Little League team, and he did it in all youth sizes. Yeah. He did the whole, printed the letters, the names, on youth sizes. They came to get him, and they were like, these, we need these tomorrow, and these are all wrong. And he was like, oh, my God, don't tell Stan. He's going to fire my ass. Okay. So I, I like, kind of protected him in that way. I, you know, but, uh, and Stan. How did he get out of that? Well, how would Stan not know? Well, their money was, they were behind the Rydell football helmets, who they make the NFL helmets, or you see. To before uh, used to, but now, um, but Stan would he was kind of angly in in a way like he wanted to do Olympic shirts and he found out you couldn't put the use the Olympic logo on there <laughs> and he had all of these powder blue shirts that he blank shirts that he he goes I tell you what we'll do he goes we're not gonna put the Olympic torch on there nothing we're just gonna have one word Lillehammer. What? <laughs> no, he did <laughs> That's where they have the Olympics. We're going to just Lilla. That's it. <laughs> and that was, it. And we had a thousand powder blue Lillahammer shirts did that they did sell? not sell. I was going to say, I can't imagine that selling. Classic. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the most poorly run things I'd ever been involved with, and I wouldn't trade a minute of it because of uh, how these guys were like true characters. That man today's changed his name to Warren Buffett. <laughs> that's what happened to him. Yeah, that that's that is you meet your favorite characters I think when you're when you're in your first couple jobs. Yeah. Right? Cuz you know you, cuz you're you know you're starting out you're more you have to observe observer and, and uh, no matter what 
field you end up in, you know, your first job is one that you just meet those unique characters and it's yeah. a ton of fun. I met the American restaurant, the rapid so the American yeah. restaurant, the shot and beer place, turned into a gay bar a few years like after I leave. Okay, but I'm still I'm that's my neighborhood. I'm, I'm it's in the strip. It's like a couple doors down from where I live. And the character that I did Otis off of on the on the show, which we loved Mudbone from Richard Pryor, which yeah. is a huge influence on Terry and I talk about him all the time. But Otis was this character who was my mud bonus guy this this he lived down down like always by the edison hotel i don't know if he lived in the edison <laughs> but he, and he would always be around the neighborhood and he was this great guy and he'd always talk to me we were buddies he you know otis and, I, and his actual real name was hammy hammy and i were always buddies and hammy would go into the bar all the time when i was janitor and hammy just always treated me like gold just a good guy you know he'd go jimmy how you doing you know good 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 to see you son good to see you doing a good job on the urinal you will doing a good job on your i can see my face in the jimmy i'm telling mr george about that because you're doing a good job thanks hammy like just you know, <laughs> so so they, they, they went to they turned into a gay bar, okay, and, and um I see Hammy, and and now this is after the first maybe three four months that it turned from a shot and beer American restaurant to a uh, gay bar Jackson's, okay, kind of shock for some people in the Strip District, right, yeah. and especially Hammy who got me in the Jimmy, Jimmy, he's like half a block away, Hammy, what's up? Come here, come yeah. here, Jimmy. What's up, buddy? How are you? Now, you know Mr. George closed the restaurant right about three or four months ago, right? Uh, yeah, he did. He did, yeah. He goes, now, Jimmy, have you been to a new place? Have you been to Jackson's yet? <laughs> well, no, Hammy, I haven't been in, in the Jackson's. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I was walking down the alley, right? And, and this guy, okay, he, he comes out. Now, he look, he's a man. But he looked a little bit like a woman. <laughs> and he was carrying potatoes out of the trunk. And I said, hey, you need help? And he goes, sure. So I helped him carry potatoes, Jimmy. <laughs> now, he looked at me and he said, you want a drink? I'm the bartender. And I said, sure. I, I, yeah. And he gave me this drink, Jimmy. And I look around and then there was another guy. I looked a little different to me. You know what I'm saying? But the bar couldn't help it. The bartender just looked like a woman. That's what I'm trying to say to you. And he paused. I'm not kidding. I'll never forget the pause. And he just is an afterthought. He never said a word, but just an afterthought. He just went, he went, cute little bastard. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> cute little bastard. He goes, I'll see you later. <laughs> was he was just trying to, you know, vent that on. And, you know, just trying to. He's trying to process. Oh man, Hammy. But yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. But yeah, it was, so first job. Did you guys ever have the worst job? <laughs> oh God, yeah, I had, I had. Uh, you know when worst jobs when you had bad bosses, right? I mean, jobs and jobs a job. I had a job once. Like <laughs> it. it I, and it was for a great company, but, but it was uh, in the Parkway Center. Ah, okay. I know where it is. And Sears had a, a a great store and all that, and yeah. it was a great company, obviously. But what they did was they had an area of their automotive where they would take in used batteries, and they would make get the lead from the used batteries. It was in the basement of the Parkway Center Mall. Or, I'm sorry, not the Parkway, Allegheny Center. Okay, I'm saying, okay. I'm sorry, Terry. Allegheny Center Mall, Northside. So, 
we would have these pallets, okay, with all these batteries and stuff. And, and, I, and I got this job unloading and loading batteries with just acid pouring out of it and uh. shit. They had to call us the mole people because we were down like three floors below. <laughs> that, was my, that was my toughest job. And how about you? Wow. The, um, the worst job that I had was a door-to-door salesman. As what? Selling what? Verizon packages. Was it was it hard? I mean, it was it's the a, hardest know. fucking job. It's just yeah, people, people it. slamming. Nobody door. wants. To, Nobody wants that's to. It's anything like that. It, it was it was very annoying because it was hot as hell. Right. You're walking around uh, Homestead and all these different neighborhoods just yeah. selling, and but they would have you in like the most hood places where people didn't have good credit. And ah. it's like, you know, damn well I ain't selling shit today. And even when you did go to a neighborhood where people did have a lot of money, they just weren't – a lot of people just like what they have. Right. It's, and they don't want to switch. It's a change from somebody walking up to your door. Exactly. And then there was, it's, like, dogs. Like, I remember I got uh, – Did you get attacked? Well, I didn't get bit, but, like, I got rushed by a bunch of beagles once, like <laughs> a, a pack of beagles. Sounds like a and, fucking Disney yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm spinning around singing to them and shit. Then there was, like, houses you would go to where you just knew that there was someone locked up in the basement. And you wanted to <laughs> save them, but you couldn't do anything. Yeah. And we had this hustle, man. It it was a hustle where they trained you to, like, learn how to sell the packages. Right. So – you know, I, I used to try and troll people and just have fun with it because you're walking around literally all day. So you might as well just so try you, to sell and have yeah, fun. Yeah, you might as well have fun. And they give you a sheet of, like, people who have packages, who used to have packages, who don't have full packages. So you could kind of go off, you know, where to go. And um, I was kind of good at it, but it was just the worst job ever, just walking around dealing with people's attitudes because you're trying to do a job, but people are annoyed. Like, if you think about it, you're annoying people on their day that they're, yeah. like, chilling. So. Yeah. Like, I had to knock on the door, and you had this hustle where you had to uh, look around and shit like you was pointing up at the at the uh, poles. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone ever knocks on your door doing this, you know it's them. But they, they point up, and they're acting like they're looking at something. So when the person comes to the door, but you got to stand sideways, and I'm a bigger dude. So I can't stand front, you right. know, frontward towards you. And you'd be like, oh, shit, this dude. You know, this was uh, – Years back, I had this job, and they come to the door. Can I help you? Oh yeah, man. You know we're just changing out the lines out here. Uh, you know I was just on a couple poles myself, and uh, went up there and changed <laughs> and changed a couple lines. You know because uh, these were old lines. But you here. said you were on the pole. Yeah, yeah. That was my hustle. My hustle was I would tell people I, like I was on the pole move. my damn self. Like you like, were doing it. Yeah. I was like, I you see know, some problems up I there. Said, There's some problems up here. This, yeah. this is an old ass line here, <laughs> and you need a newer line to connect to with a uh, fiber wire. See. The difference between fiber wire and copper is, and then you had to like I'd draw a sheet. Oh, it was so. If you told me you climbed up on uh, a pole and did that, well, I'd be like, oh, I have to have that. <clears throat> there was only I'd say, where's your spiky shoes? <laughs> Johnny's gonna check. Well, there was yeah. one lady who caught me out. Yeah, she said, "Oh, you were on a pole, huh? You were really on a pole. Where's your hard hat? Where's your tool belt?" Said, "Well, I left it back in my vehicle back there, but I was very concerned. <laughs> I was very you. much on that pole. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned. You have damn uh, copper here. This could cause a fire. You need fiber wire. You need an optic fiber wire to come directly to oh your box. Oh my god! Hey, oh, it was the you worst. You gotta do what you gotta do. Oh, man. you gotta do what you gotta do, man. I, well, it's the worst. What? Well, I, I it was actually a good job." Talking about doing what you got to do, <laughs> that job is the mole people. Yeah, I was in I was in Wendy's one day, okay, and my buddy Eddie walks in. He's got a suit on, and I am like in this gray like thing with battery acid. 
I look like a prisoner of war on lunch break. And he goes, Jimmy, <laughs> I didn't look fast to see my hamburger. Hey, guys, you have, you have uh, 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah. The mole people. Make sure you come back here. I'm going back into the mole and then the mine thing. So I'm just sitting there, and Eddie comes in looking like a million bucks. He's got a suit on. The thing that said, Buell Planetarium. Car, I think I'm just there. And I go, what are you doing? He goes, work at the Buell Planetarium. Tour guy. I go, are you shitting me? He goes, well, I said, what do you make? And it was like, it was like a little over minimum. It was the same amount I was making unloading fucking batteries. So I go, oh, my God. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, look at me. I'm not, I'm not in the basement of this fucking place I'm with battery acid. He goes, are you kidding? He said, Jim, they're hiring. They need a new guy to guard the trains. I go, what? I go, yeah, they need a new guy for September to January. They had a guy in for, like, this is like October. This way. So we had a guy for a month. They can't stand walking around, and he like kind of just quit. It was boring. And I go, wait, so you get paid to walk around for the miniature railroad and village and talk? They go, yeah. I go, can you get me that job? I'll put a word in. Puts it in. I got the job. Sweet. A couple weeks later, I am walking around the Buell Planetarium. <laughs> I went from the basement to the penthouse. I got the <laughs> suit on. The only thing is, Ed and all these other people were like astronomy. I'm not bullshit. like at CMU. Yeah. They were. They knew astronomy, chemistry. They knew everything. Remember where I was? Yeah, community college. <laughs> so I don't know anything about anything <laughs> outside of party, and I am making up everything. <laughs> True story. As I walk through the Buell, I ended up giving tours because he hired he ended up hiring me mr gerard's guy he hires me past the past and just assumed that i knew and everybody else knew it's from cmu i would give tours that went for an hour and a half to little cub scouts about everything that was wrong like they had the the, the zeiss projector <laughs> with all the stars and and i was supposed to do constellations oh, with this arrow microphone yeah. and it would just go like, click it on you know yeah. and and then there we'd be like, this is the North Star. And then I'd be like, click it on. I would just pick out a star. I had no idea. <laughs> Kids are, they don't give a shit. So I'm like, this is, this is the Milky Way. I'd be like, <laughs> making my own Milky this Way. This general area over here <laughs> well, is Orion's belt. <laughs> and they had a pendulum. And it was, it, was this, it was called the Foucault pendulum. And there's this whole thing about this guy who, it's about timing and all that, whatever. I don't even, I still don't know what it is. But I made this story up to in 20 minutes. <laughs> That I had people on the edge of their seat. That this guy, Leon Foucault with the Foucault pendulum, I had him tying a rock around the thing and a tree, and and I had him, you know, killing people with this rock. I mean, I make up a whole story with this rock in, in this whole in, in this whole pendulum. Yeah, and kids would be like, I, like I can't believe this, and of course they didn't because Mr. Dura caught me. He's standing there and going, "Do you know anything about this?" And they go, no. Do you know anything about this entire building? I go, no. <laughs> he goes, he didn't fire me. He just gave me a bunch of books. He said, read, just at least read up. He goes, at least read a little that bit. That was nice of him. He was. He was a great guy. <laughs> just know a little bit about this shit, basically. But yeah, it was, it was, so but you do what you got to do, right? Yeah. You, I had you, to make up the story. I had to, to keep man. the gig. I, I didn't want to get back. I didn't want to go and load batteries again. I just, I just couldn't <laughs> deal with stupid uh, people, was my, which. <laughs> Wow, the, the whole state of Oklahoma is uh, is on its way. If, I mean, the people were like, people would say this to me, and I didn't like enjoy the job or anything. But people would, 
uh, like they'd see a, a, a shoe for a hundred, like a Nike shoe Air Max for a hundred and thirty nine dollars. Yeah, and they'd want to try it on, and then they'd go, "Yeah, it's not bad." And then they go, "How much are these?" And I go, "They're hundred and thirty nine dollars." And right. they go, "Oh, you're proud of them, aren't you?" <laughs> like I'm the one who like sets set the, the price. price yeah, and yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're all, it's Mr. All... <laughs> up in the here. <laughs> oh, you're proud of them. Proud aren't of that, you? ain't you? <laughs> and. uh you know that was that was a, a really a difficult job just because <laughs> awesome. you know you had the redneck mentality <laughs> of they just that. walk up to you and say I need a hunting boot that's not going to be a bitch to break in you know <laughs> like I don't know which one that is what and did I don't you know say? Uh, it was just I started keeping a list of ridiculous Lots. questions and uh, got to give me a couple more I'm uh, loving uh, this. Uh, <laughs> I need a boot that is not going to you know get messed up if I hit it with an axe. <laughs> Uh, I the, the, the thing that really bothered me were the like were that was like a seventy year old guy who wanted to uh, get his foot measured. That used to drive me up the fucking yeah. wall. Because look, after five decades, you, don't tell me you can't ballpark at eight and a half, nine. Yeah, really, nine and a half, ten. I'll bring out two pairs, but I'm not going to go get that little metal thing and put your foot in it because you view it as a free car wash when you get gas. Okay, doesn't work that way. Oh man! Oh god! Man. That is. I, I just love the fact they get on you on the price. Oh the, yeah, the price is worth it. Well, just we can just go up there. There's a, there was a shoe store called Just uh, Just for Feet, and people would all the time. People would all the <laughs> time. Only in Oklahoma. Yeah, I got myself now, Dave. Just, <laughs> just, just for feet. feet. <laughs> but people would hell say the thief has copywritten. People would go, well, I'm, uh, you don't have our size. I'm just going to go up there to feet for us or feet just our, for feet. Yeah, feet for feet us. For us. <laughs> they would like butcher the name of the uh, of other just place. for feet. Yeah. Just go that there for feet for, feet for us. Feet for us. Feet for us. Feet for us. Sounds like some protesting group. <laughs> feet for us. Oh, no. This is inhumane to chop off other feet. Do you hear me, President Obama? (laughs) Feet fuzz. And then to to add insult to injury, I would leave that job and go to Subway for four hours. And have hillbillies <laughs> tell me how to make a sandwich. <laughs> no, you yeah. got to tell me about an order. Yeah, if you feel good about that price on that sandwich, huh? <laughs> you and Jared. Oh, this is back when they had subway stamps just to put it in the time frame. Oh, Do you remember the club, yes. the card? They, you, I don't, I don't know about clicked. subway stamps. I don't think you, you clicked, clicked it. Yeah, yeah you, you, you clicked, had yeah. ten sandwiches. You got a free one or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we had. I remember, <laughs> like, just about to close down, uh, like fifteen minutes. I might have even told you guys this. Uh, fifteen no. minutes before we're no, closing I down, I got it all. I'm putting things away, <laughs> Saran, and these girls come in with, uh, you know, a piece of paper like the Dead Sea Scrolls, which uh, <laughs> we're going on a float trip tomorrow, and we need, like, 15 sandwiches, and I'm supposed to be leaving in 10 minutes. <laughs> Each one has different toppings. <laughs> and, yeah, it was an, it was the truly uh, the, dark, the darkest point of my life, which is when I was just starting to do stand-up, and I was even bad at that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Subway sandwich. Yeah, and make, you're selling shoes. And you're yeah. selling shoes, man. You're doing it all. Ooh, you're doing that'll it all. make you want to get out of the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. I, I was like, there got to be something better than this. Uh, There's got to be something oh, out there for me. Oh, man. Oh, it's God. like the bulletproof KFC in uh, Homewood. I was, they I had was bulletproof like, glass. They would, it was like prison. You put the money in. They rolled around, then your mashed potatoes would come around. <laughs> oh, that's Bulletproof funny. mashed potatoes. I was, I was lucky the comedy clubs were booming Ugh. for me. So after college, I was able to go out and do, 
you know, the only those jobs I mentioned are the only jobs he had besides comedy. And yeah. after that, it was just all it's been all comedy. Thank the Lord because of the comedy clubs Tell and radio and everything. But yeah, it's. It, it's interesting though the characters the characters you meet along the way, man. Yeah, yeah but, the guy at Subway. They had a gay guy that worked at Subway that I used to love, and he would say, uh, one time he was philosophizing, and he goes, you know, <laughs> he goes, I just find it so hard to believe that God would create millions of people only to be damned to hell because they don't believe in Christianity. <laughs> I was like, that's a good point, that's man. Good point. Someone should bring yeah. that up. In the words of him, a cute little bastard. Don't get so bad. One thing about a cute little bastard. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that was, was a lot of fun. Fun show today, guys. We miss Mikey, but uh, he'll be back next episode. We appreciate you downloading on behalf of you know, Josh and Frank, Dave, Wayne, and uh, Johnny and Terry, and myself. We, we thank you so much. From Sideshow Network, Jim Cran, no restrictions. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much for downloading. Hey everyone, I want to let you know there's another way to listen and download Jim Cran No Restrictions podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud.com website or the SoundCloud app on Android smartphones and tablets, as well as Apple iPhone, iPad, iPod. Go to the SoundCloud website or download the free phone app and search Jim Cran No Restrictions. It is free to register and listen. In addition, if you can do us a favor, Hit the follow button to be part of our over 50,000 subscribers and have the new episodes sent right to your mobile device. No problem. No fuss. No muss. Thanks for your continued support. Spread the word about SoundCloud. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Slicing, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.